Hi, I'm Tony G, host of The Tony G Show, as well as The Tony G Show interviews. Our guest today is Wayne King, a breaststroker for the St. Norbert College men's swim and dive team. Well, at his time at St. Norbert College, Wayne currently holds the record for the 50 freestyle as well as the 100 and 200 breaststroke. Wayne has also been part of a team that has set numerous team records for the St. Norbert College men's swim and dive team. In this interview, Wayne describes how he is from Houston, Texas and how he found his way to St. Norbert College. Then he also discusses his plans for the future in his biology degree from SNC. Now, without any further introduction, here is St. Norbert College men's swim and dive breaststroker, Wayne King. Hi, Wayne. Thanks for coming on to the show and, and spending some time talking with, uh, with me for the Tony G Show interviews. Uh, Will McCormick couldn't be here. We're sorry about that. He, he uh, had some last-minute things come up. But thanks for the time. Thanks for agreeing to do this interview. Thanks for having me. When I do my research for these interviews, I look at a, a few things. One of them is location of the athlete. You are originally from Houston, Texas. And you are now in your junior year at St. Norbert College. What was your journey like to becoming a Green Knight? How was St. Norbert College on your radar? The coach who recruited me was a different coach than the coach here now. But he is a really go-get-it type guy. Okay. So he basically texts me every week. He emailed me and things of that sort. And, um, you know set up a call with him, talked to him a few times, and I was like, let's just let's just decide and, and go visit. And it's actually pretty funny because I was closer with a different coach, which was a school in New York. But for some reason, I didn't go toward that school. I came to St. Norbert and toured here. And then got here, and at first I wasn't feeling the school. I was like, I'm not sure yet. It just took me a while and finally decided to come here and want to be a great night. I have a few questions about this story. Did you not want to stay locally for school? Did you want to branch out and go to a different region, You know, maybe experience some different weather than Houston, Texas? What yeah. Was it more of a regional thing, like you were looking nationwide, or you just didn't want to be local? It was basically wherever I felt was going to be my home for the next four years. I didn't care if I went down the street to University of Houston or down the highway to University of Texas. I just wanted to find a school where I felt like I belong, okay. you know. So what was it about St. Norbert that you felt that sense of belonging when you toured and talked with coaches and stuff? Yeah, it was actually crazy. Like, coming here and people holding the door for you, and I'm just on a tour, and you're just holding the door for you, like – I don't really know them, but holding the door for me. And that's what, like, kind of drew me to the school because I was like, everybody here is just nice. Like, nobody has, like, real true problems with each other and living around each other. Like, people were holding the door. People were greeting me, asking me where I'm from. He's in Texas, getting all excited and stuff. <laughs> and telling me about the weather and like even though like I knew the weather was going to be bad like <laughs> the people was really what drew, drew me here oh that's so interesting because it's it is a stereotype do you do you feel that stereotype here being here for a couple of years now that stereotype of midwest hospitality do you think that's true yeah I think that's definitely true I love that the small things is what really drew you here and and got you to the sense to where you're going to commit here and come be not just a student, but a student athlete here at St. Norbert for a couple of years. You mentioned there was a school in New York. Were there other schools that you were 
really thinking about was St. Norbert in competition with any other schools, or did you come here and you were like, that's going to be the one? It was funny because I, I took, like, the very last day, like, May 1st, you know, how that's mm-hmm. the last day. Like, yep. I took to the last day, and I really wanted to go to the school in San Antonio, Texas, and it's called Incarnate Word. Okay. But they were, like, D1, and they were, like, kind of like Green Bay, like, mid-major, yep. like, fast, but, like, not, like, you know, big Power 5 conference schools, and... I really wanted to go there, but I got in and everything, but it just didn't work out with the coach. And, you know, I kind of saw it as, like, my parents always kept telling me, be patient and, you know, God will put you where you need to be. And it just didn't work out with those other schools, and St. Norbert seemed like the best fit, and I'm happy with my decision. Wow. It's such a fascinating story how you got to St. Norbert. I mean, it's – Technically, if you think about it, cross-country, north-south-wise. And, you know, I I love the religious background of it, too, that God will put you where you belong and where you need to be. And Mm -hmm. I'm glad that you feel like you definitely belong at St. Norbert College because, you know, me, I'm from Green Bay, about 20 minutes just that direction. And so for me, going somewhere that's not close to home would be a complete, just I've never been so far from home, but. Yeah, I can really admire that being this far from home and feeling like it's working out. So I'm glad to hear that. So are you fond of this winter weather? I mean, it's on the day of this recording, it's cold, and yeah. tomorrow is going to be even colder, windier, and just chilling. What's what's your take on the weather here? I mean, you know, it's definitely brutal. <laughs> it's definitely brutal. There's no no sugarcoating that. Um, you know, I do kind of like the cold in a sense, but just not too cold. But once it gets past, like, 20, that's that's when I'm like, <laughs> that's when all I'm right. Like, yeah, I'm yeah. like, I need to stay inside mm-hmm. and drink some tea or something like that. So is Houston as hot as I think it is? I've never been to Texas. I've never been that far south. Yeah. Is it as hot as I think it is? It's hot, but it's not, like, dry heat. Okay. It's, it's humid heat. So are you a sports person? Are you a fan of, like, Houston sports, Texans, Rockets? Not really. Okay. Except the Astros. The yeah, Astros. Houston I know. Astros. Okay. Yeah. I'm a big Astros fan. Always been since I was a little kid. Going to those games, watching them lose. Yeah. Yeah. They were really bad for like that stretch of part of our late childhood. Yeah. And we've really started to pick it up once we have gone yeah. through high school and into college and stuff like that. So speaking of your childhood, have you always been a swimmer? What was your journey like to becoming a college athlete in swimming? As a kid, I played outside all the time. So I could consider myself like a true athlete, like in terms of you can put me in a sport and teachable and I'll probably be good at it. But um, my journey of becoming a swimmer basically, um, since I like to fish and stuff, and first time I went out, went fishing, and then after that he was like, okay, since you like fishing, then you need to learn how to swim. How old were you at the time of this? I was probably first grade, maybe, yeah, around first grade. Okay, first grade. Around first grade. And so he was like, if you want to continue to fish, you need to learn how to swim because if the boat goes down, then can't have you drowning or whatever. So I love that. Learned how to swim, and then I hated every moment of it really? from the beginning. Yeah. Wow. 
hated every moment of it because I was like, I'm going to a pool and I'm not having fun. I'm going to a pool to learn how to swim. Yep. Like basically more school after school. Okay. So I didn't enjoy it. And then um, I got towards the end of my swim lessons and then the coach, like, he was like, okay, we will move you up to the swim team. My parents kept taking me, and I was like, why am I still here? <laughs> and then eventually I started getting better, and then my parents was noticing, like, I had friends that I grew up with, and we took swim lessons all at the same time, and they left swim lessons before me and joined the team. <laughs> and then my mom started noticing I got faster and faster, and the people who had already been in the swim team like a year before me, I started catching up to them, and then eventually I started beating them. And at the time, my dad worked nights, and um, he was like, my mom was like, you need to come watch him swim and practice. So he took off from work, came and watched me swim and practice, and um, he was like, okay, he this boy gonna swim, basically. <laughs> and so ever since then, I swam and didn't really start to enjoy the sport till I got to about seventh grade. Okay. At what point did it start becoming competitive? Like you were competing, actively competing against other swimmers? About fourth grade. Fourth grade, okay. Fourth grade. So you started competing at the grade school level, fourth grade. Yeah. And you didn't really truly enjoy it and start to love it until seventh grade. Yeah. Was there a point where you started thinking, I might do this in high school and college and like continue to do this. Like you started mm -hmm. to enjoy it, but at what point did it become real to you that I can do this competitively at an even higher level? It was same year, seventh grade. Okay. With swimming, most swimmers, um, they swim year round. They swim club. So I decided that I wanted to go to the University of Miami and swim with their club team there. Okay. And also spend time with my aunt. And then we have went there for spring break and met the coach or whatever. And so then my mom was like, okay, we're going to see you here for summer. You're going to spend time with your aunt and grandma for the summer. And then you'll be able to swim and stuff. So then swimming there. And then they only have a women's team. Okay. They have a men's diving team. But training that whole summer and then also seeing those collegiate swimmers train that kind of like put it in my head that like maybe I can do this in college too. So kind of like ever since then. From your perspective, it's more of a, I can go do this instead of, you know, someone of a, let's just say lesser talent yeah. sees that and gets intimidated and is like, oh, maybe I should just start to do something else. You saw it and you were like, I kind of want to be like that. Yeah. So once you decided that you wanted to do it in college, did divisions matter to you? Because St. Norbert's Division Three. Yeah. So was a division a factor to you of where you wanted to go? It was. Okay. At first. Let's see, like my fr freshman year of high school, that's when I really started to become like a student of the sport. Okay. So I actually was watching swim races and paying attention to like what the top guys were doing. And at the time... um. Caleb Dressel, I don't know if you've heard of him, but okay. he won a bunch of gold medals this summer. He was a freshman in college, and I remember watching his video, and this was like, 
his freshman year, he ended up turning to like the superstar swimmer. And I remember seeing the time he went, and I was like, man, I kind of want to be, you know, somewhat at that level. So then I was just, I had set goals for myself from freshman year. And then obviously, those goals didn't work out, but that's happens. That's life. Yep. It's sports. And like I said, God will put you where you need to be. And so, um, yeah, I had I wanted to go D1 because my mentality is like, if I'm going to do something, I want to try to be the best I can be. And obviously, like, I'm not going to do something to try to be, like, not that great. Like, I right. want to be I want to be up there yep. with the big dogs, you know. So that was kind of like my mentality on it. I would imagine the answer is no to this question. But I want to ask it just because I'm interested that you've had such respectable perspective so far in this interview. Mm. Are there any regrets in your journey in swimming? Like, is there ever a moment that you look back on and you think, maybe I should have went here or talked to this person? Any regrets? Um, That's a tough one. I guess you could say I had one regret, maybe. Okay. And that was, so I made the decision to change clubs because I swam at the same club for like 11 years and I made the decision to change clubs and that decision was huge like my knowledge on swimming and um like I just got a lot better in within like five months of me changing to that club oh okay. like it was a huge difference in the way I was swimming I was swimming more consistently my stroke was a lot better, my technique and everything. And I was just thinking about swimming in a different way that I wouldn't have got if I still stayed at that other club. And I probably wouldn't have been here if I hadn't changed to that club. Wow. But like I said, I think things happen for a reason. Yep. There's a reason I didn't find that club earlier. Mm. And that would be my only regret, I guess, in a sense, like not finding that club earlier. Yeah, sooner in the process. But at the same time, it was perfect timing. As you've mentioned, God put you here at St. Norbert College to be a swimmer. Mm -hmm. This is your junior season. What has your time at St. Norbert College on the swim team taught you about yourself as an athlete and a person? It taught me It taught me that, for one, that I do have people behind my corner. Mm. Club swimming is more individual. Okay. And high school swimming is still... There's a team aspect, but I never got, like, a, a true team aspect. So, like, I love my teammates, but at the same time, I was always trying to beat them. Instead of, like, I love my teammates, and I want them to do good, too. So it truly taught me how to be a part of a team. I think the only time I really got that before I came to St. Norbert was my senior year of high school. Because I became, like, the team captain. And I knew how my experiences were with the other team captains. And it didn't feel like we were all part of one team. So I tried to make that atmosphere. And then coming here, like, totally different atmosphere. I learned that I didn't have to just lean on my own abilities and in terms of, like, getting myself ready for races. I could see somebody else do something spectacular, and that is literally enough to yeah. motivate me to swim fast. So 
definitely taught me about like teamwork and how valuable it is to be a part of a team. So it taught you to enjoy other teammates success. And so you see them participate at a high level and then you yourself want to participate at a high level. And then you think that as you participate at a high level, you think that you play that same motivating factor to other teammates. You think other, other teammates of yours look at Wayne King and go, wow, he's having a great night. I want to go participate just as well in this meet. Yeah. Okay. What is your relationship like with your teammates when you're not at the pool? Like when you're not at mm-hmm. at practice or a meet, what is the team bonding like? It's literally family, you know? Okay. You'll see us at lunch, dinner. If you ever go through the calf, if there's swimmers there, you always find other swimmers that are sitting with each other. Yep. I think what I really like about the sport of swimming so much is that because we spend so much time with each other that it's kind of weird when we don't spend that time with each other. So, like, even if we have, like, off-season workouts, we still find time to eat with each other or hang out or things of that sort. So it's like we're always family because we always, like, bonded over the pain and suffering and how tough the sport of swimming is. COVID must have been tough then. Having yeah. that year wiped out and not being able to. What impact did that play on you with your teammates and you as an athlete performing? COVID definitely brought our team a lot closer. We had talks about mental health and it's okay if you have to miss a practice because you have schoolwork. It's okay if you have to miss a practice because you have something going on at home. And then me as an athlete, oh, I, I'm not going to lie. I was struggling last year because okay. we, we were planning to have a season. And yep. then, you know, they cut the plug. But it was a reasonable reason for it, yeah. basically. But I just remember being at home, like, feeling sorry for myself for that reason, that, oh, I, I don't have a season. And I had a rough, like, first week back when we had practice. Like, my coach was like, hey, you need to take a step back and think about your why. And without that COVID season, I wouldn't have figured out my why, my reason why I love swimming so much, my reason why I'm still at the school swimming, because I was frustrated with the fact I wasn't having a season, and I was, like, thinking about leaving the school and things of that sort. But then I realized, like, I love my teammates more more than I hate the setback week just had basically in a sense you talk so much about the relationship you have with your teammates and it's an interesting dynamic for me to learn about because i've never been a competitive swimmer around that environment Mm -hmm. too often so what is the relationship like with coaches then how big of a role does a coach play on an individual or team swimmer coaches can play a big role with coaches it could be in a sense that like nobody likes the coach but the team can still be very close or everybody can like the coach and the team won't be close in a sense coaches don't have an influence on how the team will be but they do have an influence in terms of the swimmer okay or the athlete the individual the individual they can have an influence and that could just be you know the saying like it takes one coach for somebody to not 
Yeah. Like to lose their love for a sport. Very true. So like coaches are very important on the individual aspect because you have to make that athlete feel like whatever they're doing is gonna make you a better athlete in terms of training wise and the way to go about things and technique and things of that sort. Because you can have an athlete who's happy with their team, but if they feel like they aren't getting the training they need, then they might have to leave. And mm-hmm. that was kind of the case with me my senior high school. I still text my friends from back home who are on um, my club team, and I consider them family, like truly, truly family. Like, like blood couldn't even make us closer. Yeah. But – I had to make a decision that do I want to get better and leave the people I call my family, even though that doesn't mean we still won't be family, or do I want to not get better and still be miserable with the people I love, you know? Mm -hmm. So I had to make that decision. Yeah, it's got to be a tough balance. Yeah. I public address announced a few swim meets a few years ago Mm -hmm. would have been your freshman year. And throughout the entire course of all the meets from all teams participating as well, teammates are there cheering you on. Yeah. Like yelling at the top of their lungs to try to motivate you and and root for you in your, in your competition. Do you hear that when you're swimming? Is that something that you can focus on? Or if someone says, good job, Wayne, keep that up. Or, or if, like, a coach says something to you, yeah. critique. Do you hear that? It's depending on the race. Okay. So, like, freestyle, that's really hard to hear because you just, you just breathe into the side and your ears are in the water most of the time. Back, same thing with backstroke. But butterfly and breaststroke, you can kind of hear because you come up out of the water just long enough to faintly, long enough to where the water starts to come out of your ears to yep. where you can faintly hear it. But... It doesn't matter because, like, I know they're, I know they're right there. You know they're cheering. I know they're cheering, and I know they, they want me to, you know, beat the person in a different color cap than me, and they obviously want the same for my other teammates, and so, knowing that they're there and knowing that, like, I love racing, like that's my favorite part of the sport, the competition part. Yep. So like, I want to race for them, and I know they're cheering for me to win because they want me to do good but in reality like I'm racing for them because it's weird because swimming is an individual sport Yeah. but all in all whatever you do affects the team yep. so you want to have the best effect on the team in terms of placement and conference or a dual meet or things of that sort it's like you said earlier it's having people in your corner understanding yeah. that they're they're there cheering you on whether you hear it or not whether you can process it in the moment of racing exactly you are a breaststroke that's your position right that yeah i'm a breaststroker breaststroker why is that why not another position like not a butterfly or nothing yeah. like that what, what is it about breaststroke that that you are so good at and that you can retain that position i really don't know because Breaststroke is kind of like a to compare it if you're like thinking of another sport. It's 
kind of like, let's say, a center in football. Okay. You know, they have to have, you know, they kind of have to be somebody who's big, somebody who's strong. Yep. Hike the ball and also block while doing that. Yep. Like, not anybody can just be a center. Breaststroke is kind of the same way because the people who swim breaststroke are either really good or okay, like lower level. Yeah. But if somebody's a breaststroker, like that's their best stroke by a long mile compared to the other strokes. I really don't know because I learned how to swim all the other strokes, but breaststroke was the only one that like I truly stuck with in terms of like I got better in muscle memory and having a feel for the water. Mm -hmm. It's crazy because... I used to think just swimming, like, oh, you just train hard. But you also got to train hard, and you have to have a better feel for the water than everybody else. You have to catch the water early Mm. is what we call out in front when your arms are um, extended at the front of your stroke. And so, like, I I guess I just kind of had a better feel for the water for breaststroke compared to my other strokes. And I am a sprint freestyler, but, like, Basically what you would call like ultra sprint. Like I'm a good 50 freestyler. I'm not really a good like 100 freestyler because most sprinters you see, they're good at the 50 and the 100. And then you have the ultra sprinters who are just good at the 50. And that's kind of like me too. But yeah, breaststroke has just kind of been my stroke since I was. It's just come natural to you. Came natural, yeah. So what is your strength as a swimmer? Is it your stamina? Is it your literal strength? What is it about what um, makes Wayne King such a good swimmer? I'm really good off the blocks. Okay. So I have a – I'm explosive off the blocks, and my vertical is actually pretty high. It's pretty up there. And so that has a huge advantage in terms of my swimming because swimmers are athletes, yep. but we're not. A lot of us are athletes on land mm, in, okay. in that sense. So, like, my background of growing up playing basketball in the street, growing up playing football, kind of helped with that in terms of that I'm athletic on land and in water. So that's why I'm able to get out on races up front. My endurance is getting better. I'm not really an endurance swimmer, but in all my races, even if I lose, I try to be the first one to the first wall because that's just how – that's just – the way I have to swim. If I go out too slow, then it's just not going to be a pretty race. Mm-hmm. But if I go out fast enough to where I can hopefully hold on at the end, if somebody is like, they could be like half a body length behind me. But if I'm out in front of them and I can hold on to the end, then that's what kind of helps me my start and just getting out at the front of the races. What is your workout routine like? What is a day? Do you hit the weight room and, like, do some squats and, like, typical stuff like that that you'd see athletes do, or is it a slightly different workout routine for a swimmer? So we swim mon- we swim early morning Monday. We do a kick set. Okay. just straight kicking for the whole day, for that morning. And then we come in the evening, and we do more – an aerobic set so that would be kind of like longer slower 
distance, like longer distance and you're swimming slower. You're not really swimming at race pace. You're just yeah. trying to get your endurance in a sense. And then Tuesday, Wednesday is more race pace. So I'm, I'm going the pace that I would go in a race yep. and hopefully be able to hold it the whole practice, basically. And then Tuesday, we also lift. Um, Thursday, we lift, and then we have a recovery day. So we, it's kind of like the aerobic Monday, but slower and specific towards, like, recovering after we just did Tuesday, Wednesday of pace work. And then Friday, Saturday would just be more pace work. Okay. So did your diet change at all? I mean, what what's a cheat meal like for Wayne King is what I'm driving at. It's like when I'm back home, um, we do, I'm a big seafood guy. So I love like a fish fry. So mm-hmm. we'll have, you know, whatever is fried, fried catfish or fried um, saltwater drum, red drum, um, red snapper or shrimp oysters, wow. fries like that's that's like my that's like my cheap meal. That's the go to. That's the go to. Fish fries are popular up here. I think mm-hmm. it's different fish though. There's more bluegill. There's more. There's more perch yeah. mixed in. So do you still get that fix in when you're up here, or do you have to wait when you head back to Houston? Wait, do I have that mm-hmm. to Houston? Oh, yeah. Sorry to hear that. Yeah. <laughs> I, wish, I wish we could provide the more diverse fish. Yeah. For the for the cheat meal, you are a record-setting swimmer at mm. St. Norbert College. And I was talking to you about this before we flipped on the microphone and started recording this interview. I absolutely loved your perspective that you had about your records because the St. Norbert College swim program, the men's swim program at least, mm. has only been in existence for about four seasons now. Yeah, Women had a program that existed earlier on towards the front end of this century, early 2000s. Yeah. So with the slate being completely empty, like there's no names on it mm-hmm. for the men's side, Wayne King comes in and he sees an opportunity. Tell me about what it's like to be a record-setting swimmer at St. Norbert College. It feels good, but the problem with me sometimes, and I get this a lot, like I'll like swim a fast time and then I just won't look happy or whatever. Mm-hmm. But – not that I'm not happy. I'm just more of like a – I keep emotions in, in turn, in that sense. So, like, um, like let's say I set the record or whatever. I'll finish, and I'm like, okay. Like, nice, basically. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And then, like, in my brain – my brain is thinking, like, okay, if I can go this time, like, right now, then hopefully – I can go even faster, like, later or something. Already thinking ahead. Yeah, already thinking ahead. So, like, this weekend, um, I broke the 50 freestyle record and the 100 breasts. And um, I dropped a tenth on my 50 free, which was .06 off of the record. And then... The 100 breaststroke record was almost like two-second drop for me. It's like I was happy about those. I was really happy the way I swam because we 
lifted that Thursday. We left Thursday evening. Yep. We lifted that morning and then went to the swim meet. So, like, we weren't, in a sense, tapered is what we call it. So, that's basically when you come down on the yardage um, so your body can recover and also, like, get its pop, like, get it, you get your speed. Yeah. And you're not, like, sore anymore. Doesn't mean that it won't hurt Hmm. any way still. But, so, like, we weren't tapered for the meet. And going to times I was able to go, like, I was happy with it. But I was like, okay, like, now I want, I want to see what I can do at conference at the, in February. So, what's the key to a good breaststroke? I've been saving this question for the last couple of uh, answers that you've given me because now we're really getting to the portion where, I mean, in the 2020 Midwest Conference, mm-hmm. you were the conference championship meet. You were the only swimmer to crack the 21-second mark. Yeah. So what's the key to being so quick and being, I'm going to put it this way, I'm going to put it frankly, what's the key to being better than everyone else when it comes to a meet? The key is preparation. I set myself up to have a good meet the summer coming in. Okay. To it, because I had the best summer of swimming I had ever had. I was in great shape, and then coming into school, taking the things I learned that summer, bringing it into a new program, and then you have to focus on the little things. You can't just check off the check marks in practice. You know, you can't just say like, like for instance, let's say it's three one hundred freestyles. You can't just say okay. I'm going to just get through these three 100 freestyles. Yep. You have to think, I'm not just going to go through it. Let me think about something I can work on. So it can be something like, okay, my turn. I'm going to work on my turn, stay in the tight ball and turn over fast. Yep. Or I can work on catching the water better, feeling the water, having a good feel for the water on my hands and forearms. Or it could be something as simple as like, okay, I'm going to just work on the way I push off the wall. So you have to, like, think about those, like, little small things because that could be half a second. That could be a second off your time. And, like, if you just go through by checking off the boxes, then you're just going to check off the boxes. Mm -hmm. You might drop time, but you're not going to reach, like, your full potential. Speaking of full potentials, and this again ties in the idea of you being a record-setting swimmer at St. Norbert College. Mm-hmm. When I said the slate was clean because there wasn't many years of swimming up to yeah. this point. Now at this point, you're starting to see Wayne King on that board a lot. Mm-hmm. What does that mean to you when you look up there and you see your name all over that board? Makes me feel excited that you know I'm kind of laying the groundwork to a program that hopefully one day would be up there competing at the national level, mm-hmm. you know, I'm setting like the groundwork and like, I have some, I have some like really big goals that I want to achieve, but I want to get to a point where I have a time that might seem like nobody's going to break it, but that somebody, some senior in high school comes here and visits and sees that time it's like I can maybe do that yeah and then that's like really that's really in a sense how you get a program 
to that level is by having somebody lay the foundation for that program and then other people when recruits come and they see those times and they just think like man I can maybe do that mm-hmm. you know the opportunity that you see when you first lay your eyes on a board or it, when you're thinking about going to a program yeah you start to envision yourself as maybe the future or in your case the foundation for a program that's so young so when you look back again junior year mm-hmm. and you look back on this time that you have and you in this interview have mentioned how valuable the relationship is with your teammates to you mm-hmm what memories do you look back on or do you think that you will look back on and think that was those were some of the years of my life i I was having the time of my life what memories come out to you from your time at the swim team one memory which is kind of like a big highlight uh, was my freshman year it was the first day and it was the first relay and it was the 200 freestyle relay and we were out up in front and I was the anchor. And then the person before me, they just had, they had somebody who was just really fast at that third leg. And they went by us a little bit. And I was like, okay, <laughs> here's the time. Yep. Like, it's now or never. And then anchored at home. And like you said, I was the only person that went under 21 seconds. Yep. And brought it back. And that was like, the first first place relay for St. Norbert College. Like so ever. 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 Yeah. So like that was that was a big moment. That will be a moment to where I'll remember forever. And then obviously the talks at dinner and the little relationships I have with everybody on the team and struggling in practice with the sprint group and things of that sort. So yeah. I think you tie in, obviously you're an exceptional talent at the swim mm. sport, and you tie in such valuable lessons of life too, and you you know use about the idea of God will put you where you are and, and where you need to be. So you have great perspective too. Is there any interest of becoming a coach at some point? I always think to myself I can do it, Yeah, but I'm not sure if I want to. Okay. Because now to, like, being an upperclassman, all I kind of want to do is just help out, you know, the younger swimmers or even even the people who are, you know, in my grade or older. Like, I just kind of want to help them out in terms of, like, how can I help you get the best potential that you can get, you know? Yeah. Things like small, like, small things like technique, technique wise or oh, you might need to go out a little faster on this leg or things of that sort. It's pretty funny because um, it's like a little joke on the team. They call me Coach Wayne at times. <laughs> <laughs> like Coach Wayne, you know. I'm yeah. like, no. <laughs> That's Coach Hannah. Coach, coach Hannah's the coach or whatever. Okay. But, yeah, I just, you know, I have a lot of information in my head in terms about the sport that, a lot of people don't think about and even my coach has said a few times that um i think about the, t- the sport in a different way okay. than yeah. so like sometimes i do want to share that information with other people yeah. maybe one day maybe, maybe one day maybe one day a former teammate of yours will come calling 
hey Wayne, I got this opportunity. Why don't you uh, why don't you look into it? Maybe become a coach. Yeah. We're towards the back end of this interview, Wayne. It's been a really good interview as well. And this is a segment that we turn to with the guests that we have. Mm-hmm. It's called 60 Seconds. So today's version will be 60 Seconds with Wayne King. I'm just going to rapid fire questions at you when I go ahead and start this timer. Just tell me the first thing that comes to your mind and what, what you feel is the right answer. Okay. I may try to stump you, so be ready. All right. You ready? Yep. Favorite location to hunt? Kennard, Texas. East Texas. Favorite location to fish? Galveston Jetties. Best bait to fish with? Live shrimp on a popping cork. Live shrimp? Live shrimp oh. on a popping cork, yeah. Interesting. With a With a treble hook. One style of fish to eat for the rest of your life? One style of fish. Saltwater fish. A part of Houston that you miss? I'd probably say my neighborhood. Who's your hero? Number one person. Ooh. Hero. I'd probably say some of my elders in my family, like my dad, my godfather, my grandpa, my grandma, aunt, mom. Overall favorite part of St. Norbert College? GMS. Wayne King or King Wayne? Wayne King. Jason Hunt or Adam Borner? Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Both. Have good aspects to both of them. Fair. 35 plus 35 times 2 divided by 4. I am not good (laughs) at quick math. 35. 35. Yep. Better biology class to take, chemistry or genetics? (sighs) (laughs) Since it's biology, then genetics. Okay. Chemistry. Genetics. Favorite Astros player ever? Craig Biggio. Craig Biggio. Hall of Famer. Hall of Famer. That was 60 Seconds with Wayne King. I loved it. I knew I'd, I'd stump you on a few of those. Yeah, you got me. So what is this best bait to fish with? Tell me about the live shrimp. Live shrimp. On a what? Popping cork. Popping cork. Yeah. Okay. So it's like a, it's a cork. Yep. And it'll have like, they have like fancy ones. So it'll be a, it'll be a popping cork. It'll be a cork and it'll have beads on the bottom of it. Okay. And then it's like a wire string. And there's a weight at the bottom of the wire to hold it straight up. Yeah. And then you just pop it. When you um, you pop it like maybe three times, reel it in some more, yeah. pop it in three times. And then what the popping cord does, it makes a lot of noise because of those beads at the bottom. And then the fish get attracted to that. And then they see the shrimp. Then they come eat it. They can't resist. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for right listening after. to this conversation about with you Wayne catch, King. You've been listening you to the Tony G Show interview. Make sure to follow at Tony G Nation on Twitter, as well as subscribe to the Tony G Show for more Tony G Show interviews. All fall for it. Thanks again for listening to the Tony G Show interview. Had the Wayne King one animal, one species. The rest of your life, what would it be? I think I have to go with white-tailed deer, or or elk. Or elk. Always wanted to hunt elk. Mm-hmm. And I know you can get one elk, harvest one elk and have meat for a year. That's true. But deer hunting is always fun, too. I only have one more question for you, Wayne. And okay. you've had, like I said, great perspective this entire time. Thanks. So you can take your time, answer it as genuinely as you want. Mm-hmm. What is it that motivates you? Man, I'm going to give you two answers. Okay. So, in life... Big motivator is definitely my parents and also just my family in a whole as 
my lineage just because like as an african-american i don't want to waste the opportunities that i've been given in a sense because i do have friends that i've grew up with and they're in totally different situations than i am in so that's a big motivator and then also just you know my family history as a whole coming from little small country towns and so that's a big motivator in the whole and then athletically my motivator was always like you know dream about being the best and all of that sorts but once I got to this like college level collegiate level like big motivator is definitely my teammates because if I'm having a bad day of practice and I'm suffering, like I know somebody else on the team is suffering. Like I can't be the only one. So big motivators, like if somebody else is working hard, then I should be working hard too. I shouldn't take a day off just because I'm having a bad day. Mm-hmm. I love it. So it all ties into you believing that you are fortunate from family lineage and opportunity to be an athlete have such great teammates around you and you want to be the best that there is yeah. athletically. I tell you what, that was a moving interview, if nothing else. Very appreciative of your time. I mean, you just came over from a swim practice. Yeah. A couple more meets this year. Best of luck the rest of this way. Thank you. Best of luck with the rest of your athletic career and the best of luck in you uh, in your life after you graduate from St. Norbert and look to graduate schools. Thank you. Thanks for the time, Wayne. You have a good one.